I'm Stephen from Kosovo, the Easter. Here are my photos. Some of you will have seen them before. Luckily, they haven't changed. I came to these rooms at 250 pounds. I hope you can see I don't weigh that anymore. And I'm maintaining a 110 pound weight loss since around 98. So, but I didn't come here and just get it. I came in 1982 um, to hear what this was all about. I didn't like the word addiction. I didn't like the word something related to do with Alcoholics Anonymous because that was not who I was. I just needed to find the perfect diet and then I would be okay. Um, clearly that wasn't the case and over the years, thank goodness, I have surrendered. Um, but it took a long, long time. Obviously, you know I ate a lot since I weighed 350 pounds. Um, I ate a lot since constantly, and every time I went on a diet, it was always very, very drastic. I didn't just, you know, go to a sensible eating plan. I did things like, why am I not shut? Um, you know, considered, you know, all kinds of things, lots of fast. I did all of the very, very drastic things. Diet, couples of drugs, anything that you can think of. Um, and it was constant pain, it was constant pain the whole time. Obviously, 350 pounds is constant physical pain. You know, it's, you know, the body doesn't feel the way it should. Everything is a little bit different, it's uncomfortable. Sitting in chairs, sitting in a cinema, getting on a bus, you take up more room, um, and people aren't kind to you. Um, so, when I first came here, I, I actually I moved from London to get away from things moved a long, long way away, and I woke up in the morning, I'm still there in the mirror, and I still had all of those feelings, and I was still me, and I didn't know what to do with all of that. Um, so, I, so, I came, I started to join lots of gyms, I did lots of different things, and nothing worked. Um, I came to my first meeting, I sat in the back of the room at the 100 pounds meeting on the feeder and I didn't like what I heard. I didn't like it. It was something that you had to do some work, you had to read this book, you had to get a sponsor. I didn't, I didn't want to do any of that. Um, so I didn't. I left, I bought a book. Um, and I never opened it. Actually, I think, I think that's actually a bit of a I did open it, but there was an occasion here that said food plans. And that didn't work for me. I didn't get as far as to look at the pamphlet. So I continued to gain and lose 100 pounds many, many times. Um, I was at the front of the room at Weight Watchers many times. I used the system, I did them all. But I couldn't do it. I didn't know what to do at the end of them. At the end of them, I looked great for the occasion that I was going to, the trip I was going on. Five seconds later, I was eating because I'd gotten to the end of the race. And what I know today is there's no end of the race. But I go and I grow, I go and I grow. So, you know, today I abstain and I maintain. And that's what I do, and I continue to do the work. And today I've learned that it was a lot of pain was up here. It wasn't what I was eating. You know, I want to fix the outside so that then I would just be thin because that's what society just always told me. When you're thin, it will be okay, but it wasn't okay. Because when I got thin, everything was very, very noisy and very, very loud, and I didn't know how to cope with any of those feelings. I tried therapy. At the time, I wasn't ready for that. Nothing wrong with therapy, and it really did work for me later on when I was ready to get out of my own way. I just wanted people to understand it, but I wasn't quite really sure what I needed you to understand, because I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, 
I, you know, today I understand, you know, all of these things about the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class, never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. Well, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have it all. I wanted to be thin. I wanted to be able to eat. I just wanted to be able to do it. And I had to be away. There just had to be away. And I mean, when I'm telling you, I've climbed every mountain. There is no way other than this way for me because I have a food addiction problem. I don't just, you know, I can't just have a bite like my regular girlfriend. They go, oh, it's so great. I just needed a taste. I'm ready to take the rest of it and go home and eat it. You know, I, a cup was never enough. I went to a gallon immediately. You know, a slice wasn't enough. It was the whole thing. I thought many of us, they take with different names on them. <laughs> and, you know, we love, but really, it's like when I look at my pictures, it makes me sweat. It's like, oh my God, how could I have done that? But I did, and I just wanted to take them home and, and just, you know, lock myself away. And I've always been very social. I've had amazing friends that often. I've always had fabulous jobs. I've always shown up. I always, you know, did the pretty with my hair and my clothes. But inside, I felt like just rubbish. It just felt horrible. Um, I'm not one of these people who didn't go out and socialize and do anything. I did all of that. And I had phenomenal friends who certainly didn't judge me if I was fat or thin. Did they want me to be thin? Yes, for good health. Obviously, that makes sense. Um, so I kept on going, kept on going. Occasionally I would come to meetings because people, just over the years of coming to my life, many people who were in AA, and as I got closer with them, they'd go, you know, they have food meetings for people like you. And I used to just hate them. People like you, what does that mean? Because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to grow those new legs. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't understand what any of that meant anyway. Um, you know, it says on page 45, lack of power, that was our dilemma. Well, I like to control, and I can control a lot of things. I can do a lot of things really, really well, but I can't control an addiction. I needed, you know, a power break for myself, and I didn't understand that. I had no issue in believing that something else was out there other than me, but I couldn't for the life of me figure out how it was going to help me stop eating. And what I've discovered now is it's all in here. It's all in this book. I just had to open it up and read it, which I didn't want to do. I didn't want to get a sponsor. I didn't want anybody asking me questions. It was so uncomfortable. Um, so eventually, I kept on, as I say, 12 steps just kept on coming into my life periodically. And I kept and I loved these people. I loved them who I met, and there was something different about them. They had this peace. So I'd occasionally go to AA meetings, and then they would very kindly bring me to an OA meeting so I'd go with them not to hurt their feelings because again, they just didn't understand I just needed to find that right diet. Um, so eventually, you know, every time I'd lose 100 pounds, uh, more than 100 pounds overweight basically, I would gain another 5 or another 10. And just like I said, it gets worse, never better. I would just be beside myself. I just couldn't believe that it happened. I mean, I've owned these jeans now for five or six years. This would never have happened. I would have put them on a season rating and lying on the bed and how they, you know, what did this happen? I've broken so many hangers, you know, and zips of jeans and all these tank. <laughs> you just put the hang of the wire bit through the loop and you do it up and then you kind of stand up. And I did that so many times. And when I lived in England, I would get on the train with my girlfriend, but I'd just walk down the stairs like this and stand on the train. I couldn't sit because it was just so tight and I just couldn't buy that next size. I mean, you know, I've worn up to a size 26 dress. 
that, that is big. That's really huge. And I remember when I bought my first outfit in single digits, I just had to say I was very excited. You know, because who knew that that could happen? Um, so eventually, I, I really don't know. I can't tell you what my turning point was, but I can tell you that I got scared. I got really, really scared. I was on, I was on my way again. We've gone past 200 pounds, which I was always going to be 198, and I was never going to get there. And one day I woke up and I was 205 pounds. And the next day I was 215. Now, there was no gaining a pound for me. You know, my synagogue people say, oh, I'm off a couple of pounds after the holiday. Well, God bless you. You know, I could go to bed at night and wake up and be 10 pounds heavier. That's just who I am. So, you know, then it tells me here, rarely have you seen a person self who has thoroughly followed our path. And I'm happy to say that I feel for me today that I have thoroughly followed the path and I have a completely different life than I had way back then when I was struggling. And if you are new, welcome. Um, all sounds like gibberish and it is, it's okay. And if you are a compulsive overeater, food addict, whatever you want to call it, all I can tell you is like, I believe this is the place to be. And just grab hold of somebody who's been here for a while and ask them just to help you. Even if it's just a phone and say, if you don't eat for the next few hours, you don't have to do anything more than that. Don't worry about the book, don't worry about all my little stickies and my highlights and everything else. You don't need to worry about that. Just today know that there is hope and you don't have to eat one day at a time. Because that was also the thing. I also thought, how am I going to do this forever? What about all the birthdays, all the holidays, all the everything? It's fine. It's a day at a time. I've lived through many birthdays. I get candles and strawberries. It's okay. It really, really is okay because the pain that the other rounds we bought me with the candle in, I wouldn't switch it for the world. For all the hard questions, for all the writing, all the things I've ever, ever had to do, it's been worth it. You know, you come into these rooms, you look around and think, oh, I don't really know these people, they don't look like me, they don't sound like me. But you know what, within these rooms, they're all the same. We all have that addiction. There are so many similarities. And I can't speak to myself. I certainly look and felt very different to all of you. And that's just human nature and that's just normal. Um, so, as it also says in the book, you know, I had to concede to my innermost self that I was a food addict. And eventually I was at home for a trip. My sister was getting married. And it was a very tumultuous trip, and I had dieted, of course, to go home. And I remember at the wedding, I ate a lot. There was a lot of things in a basket, and I ate a lot of them. And I was just miserable, and I could tell the number was going up because I couldn't get into my jeans. I was only there for 10 days, and I'm telling you, they were this far in the already, because that's, that's what I do. And I came back, and my cousins moved to Florida, and she had succeeded and done very, very well in programs. And I said, so please give me the name of your sponsor. And she said, you're ridiculous. There are so many people in LA. Well, again, I didn't want to know you. I didn't want to be like you. I wanted to call somebody far away because I still wasn't going to stay. I was just going to lose the weight. And if I pretended, you would all tell me the secret code and I would be able to do it. So I called this woman and she said, well, I don't know, you know, you're so far away, what's going to happen to the fourth step? I'll fly to you, it's okay. It's who I am. And that is what I did three times, three times I went to Florida. And it was actually, you know what, it was a great thing. She was the perfect person for me in the beginning. She gave me a strong, strong foundation. I was given what I call a very strong AA foundation in this program. You know, it's black and it's white, it's so good or not. There's no 
talk when I go to bed at night by saying, was my sleep time good? Was I absent? Was it, oh, was that a little sticky? No. I know when I am, I know when I'm not. And luckily I know that I am. You know, for me, I had to cut out anything white. Those are my things, loaves and gallons. So they had to go. Um, I weigh and measure my food. I have to. I have to use a scale. And get a lot in the cup. Believe me, it's probably get a whole turkey in the cup. I have to know that four is four, five is five, six is six, because I will keep pushing and smushing. So, and those are the things that she advised me to do, and I can't believe how willing I was. I said, well, I kind of had this weight watcher scale, so you should go and buy a digital scale. And I went, my little bed and bath comes on, and I remember I bought the digital scale. And she said, okay, so what are you going to have for dinner? And I clearly remember it was on Sunday night. And so it doesn't start until the morning. <laughs> Diet mentality. And there's never a day of the week that ends in a Y that is the right day. And that's what, that's actually my sister's line, I steal it. But it's true. When she first said it to me, I'm like, oh, so right, there isn't. But there's something about it. You just start on a Monday. I don't know why. But when, wherever you live, everybody does it. Um, so she told me, you know, are you willing to have an absent dinner? And I said, well, it depends what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it. You know what? I did it. I had no issue with cooking, and I knew, you know, any of those things. I know how to eat right and what to do right, and I did it. And it was a miracle, and I did it, and I didn't lie to her, and I wrote it down, and she told me I had to write my food down every day and call her in the morning. I'm a very good soldier. I have no problem. I, uh, it's the truth. I really am. I'm a very A-type personality, so I have no problem following direction. I know that isn't for everybody. But all the way through the first year and a half, I kept thinking, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave, I'm just going to do this, I'm just going to do this. And then suddenly, all of your faces change, and I start to like you. I find that I have people, oh, I want to sit there for me, and I want to sit there. It's just amazing. Suddenly, I was changing from the inside out. This little book was starting to help me. I read two pages at night. We discuss it in the morning. And let me tell you, I called her at 4.30 in the morning for a year and a half, except on weekends. I was willing to go to any length. And, you know, it's early, but you know what? I still wasn't ready to get someone in the room, but I did it. And I flew to Florida three times and gave away my fourth step and met some other wonderful people. Um... And I did it. I wrote all those hard things and I did all that stuff. And I was so honest, I couldn't believe it. And even to this day, sometimes I just can't believe who I am. You know, those little white lies that I used to lie about my food every single day. I mean, the biggest arguments in my household were always about me and my weight and my food. It was just a huge dilemma in my house. But, you know, I also contributed to that. I made it that way with the what are they all eating that? Why can't I have that? You like them more. You know, I mean, just always poor me, poor me. But, you know, back then, who knew about food addiction? You know, when I was growing up, I think they had just started it here. Um, so I truly am very, very grateful for these rooms. I am grateful for the experience I've had, the amazing people I've met. I have had three sponsors. My last one has been the longest, and she'll be my sponsor forever. Um, it's just, it's just unbelievable the freedom from food that I have and the life that I get to lead today. It's just tenfold. I mean, this is the lottery for me. But I love to win the Powerball damn right. But however, when it comes to my food addiction, this is it. This is <coughs> the icing on the cake. You know, when I used to go, the last therapist I went to was very 12-step orientated and I was still trying to come to these meetings 
and he would say to me, Susan, you are looking for everybody to be, sorry, it's a food analogy, you're looking for everybody to be the filling on your cake, you're looking for everybody to fill you up, and you know what, he's so right, and my favorite line was, when I'm thin, when I'm thin, when I'm thin, I wasn't going to do anything until I was thin, and he taught me at that point, that the time is now, you are here, start living. If these are the things you want to do, do them today. Take it a day at a time. Don't wait until you weigh this, you weigh that. You know, everything in my life revolved around what I weighed was what I was going to do. And so what he taught me was that if people come into my life, they can just feel a little icing rose on my cake. And you know what? But that's the truth because I did. I got the perfect boyfriend. If I had more money in my checking account, if I had the right diet, all of those things were going to fix me and make it right. And they didn't, and they wouldn't have done. You know, over the years, I've met incredible people in here. Some have come, and they've gone. And you see people come back in pain, and it's like, oh, you know what, thank God, summer's coming. Thank you, God, my thighs aren't going to rub together until they bleed. And I'm sorry, I'm going to hear that on the thing. But that, that's the truth of what happens when we gain a lot of weight. You know, some people don't come from those numbers, and that's okay, because I know what's going on in the head is the same for all of us. So, you know, I, I've worked the steps many a time. I've done a lot of great workshops. I listen to Joe and Charlie on my little iPhone. Um, you know, I, I've got so many different ways to go. I have incredible friends. I, you know, this isn't like, this used to be the hugest secret in my life now. You know, I would never let anybody know what I did. And, you know, over the years, several people who I work with are in AA, and I don't necessarily, you know, shout from the rooftops what I do. But, you know, you'll go to work in January, I'm sure everybody has this, and everybody's going on a diet, and they always go, you always look the same after the holidays. And I'm like, because that, that's not who I am. That, that wouldn't be my first inclination. My first inclination would be, it's two weeks off at the end of the year, let's go and eat. Today I don't have to do that, and that is just so amazing. But that isn't my first thought. It's not my first thought. Do I still check out restaurants sometimes if I'm going somewhere before I, you know, where I haven't been before I read the menu? I know what I'm going to have. It's easy. There are no things that I can't do anymore. The only thing I couldn't do before is because I stopped myself. It was what went up in here, you know. And everything they tell you in here is is so true. You know, there isn't a page that I open in here today that I can't relate to. And I don't look for the secret code anymore. Because I know that the secret code is just to keep coming back, to be honest, and for me, and to trust. Those are the things that have gotten me here. So, nothing I have much else to say. So, if you're new, keep coming back, take phone numbers, ask people for questions, you know, just take someone else's hand and they'll show you the way. Mm -hmm. so, this is the time for questions only. Um, there is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own, not those of Eucharist Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. It's being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. It's being recorded. Please restate the question after it is asked. Okay. There you have it. Yes, hello. Thank you so much, Could you explain your relationship with your higher power? Sure. Um, I, that wasn't hard for me. Um, I believed in God anyway, and I certainly spoke to God every Sunday night and prayed for Monday morning to be the Monday. Um, 
now, I mean, like, I do, I find myself talking to God a lot, I say little prayers, I write little notes at the end of the day. You know, not every night, I'm not really good at it, but I do write to dear God at the moment, thanks for my day. So, God is definitely, you know, my best friend, you know, in that way to guide me through. Hi, thank you. I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I, I'm also a big book topper. And uh, I am wondering, as somebody who qualifies not for the program that book was written for, but for a food program, if there are things you've learned from the food literature that you believe you would not have been able to get from the uh, beverage literature, um, I, I do read more of the beverage literature. Um, really, I've read the OA book, Beyond Our Wildest Dreams. That's, all of my sponsors have always taken me through the AA 12 and 12, and this, so I, I can't 100% answer that. I'm sorry, it's just been the way I've been guided through as well. I've sat in meetings, you know, with the other books, I, so, yeah, I'm not the right person to ask on that one. Sorry. Thank you, um, my question is, have you ever gained weight in abstinence? And if so, what have you done about it? I have not. Can you explain, um, can you explain where your abstinence was in the beginning? You said you were asking about the um, well, obviously, when you're coming down to 250 pounds, your food plan is slightly different. When you get to 200, it needs to be changed. You need less food. You know, it gets changed around. And if you get thinner, you add more food. Um, I still weigh and measure. The only thing I do now is that's slightly different. I used to just keep it three meals with nothing in between because I was scared to do a nosh thing. Um, now I'll split up my fruits and have them as snacks, like either one in the morning or one in the afternoon, but otherwise it's really still very much the same. I, I for me, can't give myself license to play. That just wouldn't work. Do you ever get the uh, thought, okay, I've got it now, and get a little complacent, and uh, maybe you don't need to eat as much or work more as much, and so I need to go with that. Um, I certainly don't get to as many meetings as I used to in the very beginning, and that's also because I have a job that I have to be at 8.30 in the morning till 6.37 at night. So whereas I used to be able to go to 7.30 meeting in Studio City, I just can't do it anymore, and there's no meetings around here in the evening. So I don't get to as many meetings anymore. I will do more workshops um, on weekends, go to certain meetings in the morning. Um, complacency, yes and no, because I have a very healthy fear, which I'm glad about, and every time I open up my photos, it makes me sweat. I mean, it really, really does, because I remember that pain. Um, for me, I think you just have to stay in the room, and it's a little bit hard to get complacent, because you hear somebody else in trouble, and I just don't want to be that person ever again, because I also know that 250 pounds would only be the beginning. 300 will be there really fast, and I just don't have it in me again to do that. I really, really don't. Do you have um, exercise routine and how do you, um, and I guess, how do you, like, what, what is your relationship like with your body and vitamins? Um, well, um, I've done a lot of work on that. Um, I used to exercise when I was dieting what I would call bulimic, which is I would exercise so I could eat. Okay, it didn't work for me because those fingers got black. 
Um, I do exercise. I believe in it's a good health. It's good for your heart. And now I really enjoy it, and I like to be one of those people that goes, "Oh, can we go along? Oh, sorry, go along and do it now." You know, I'm, I'm not the person in the background just dying. Um, so I, I do. I exercise probably five days a week. I do that in classes. It makes me feel good. It feels nice not to struggle and do it. And that's the body image. Um, you know, there was a lot hanging around after you was a hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> so I, I did take care of some of that. Um, and as time's gone on, I have had to do certain exercises on them. You know, I, I have the kind of body that was very bulky heavy. There's a lot going on. Could I do more outside work than I could, but I don't want to. So I've had to do a lot of acceptance, and I've had to do a lot of those writing exercises, and those wonderful body image workshops. And yeah, so that really has taken time. And I used to wake up sometimes in the morning, and especially when, it, when I first used to weigh and I used to touch my body and just make sure it was really still there. You know, if you think, oh, it's like that, it's probably just still alive. You know, I really agree. You know, and sometimes, just some time will come, like when I put on these shoes every year, I'm like, I get that split second of old but you know, it's such, again, it's that healthy fear that when you ask about the complacency, and I'm glad I have it. I'm glad I get nervous. I really am, because I am an addict and the doctor is waiting right there for me. Yes. Um, you, has your, like, appetite changed in terms of, like, satiety? In other words, I'm sure you were a volume eater when you were, you know, <laughs> before. <Okay. laughs> um, and how do you deal with that? Do you still have that desire to get the edge taken off with whether it be vegetables, anything to kind of just take it down? Um, well, how do you deal with that? Okay. Before I wasn't eating because I wasn't hung I wasn't physically hungry, I was in physical pain. So again a lot of that's been taken away from doing the work. And now I've learned. I have people in here who I call when I wanna strangle my boss, when you're annoying me, when mm-hmm. somebody's cutting me off in traffic, I make a phone call. And I do and I take care of it right away. I could be I am my good friend in the front row here and go, Can you talk to me right now? <laughs> you know, it's those things I do use the tools. And I've never been shy, so I'm not shy to pick up the phone and say something, um, which can be hard for a lot of people. So taking the edge off, I don't, you know, I don't, I certainly don't use food for that. I choose not to drink because, not because I class myself as an alcoholic, but that would be a good excuse, for, you know, for me, because I believe I'm an addict through and through. So I think I'm very verbal. And if you know me, you agree with that. I, you know, I talk a lot. Yes. Do you talk about your experience with sponsorships, like your sponsors, people you sponsor? Sure. Um, yeah. I think I've had terrific sponsors. I'm very, very grateful for them. I think, you know, for all of us, we're definitely giving our time because, you know, you're helping me as much as I'm helping you. I mean, my phone calls in the morning, they give so much to me. Um, I certainly sponsor in a very, very different way than I did right in the beginning. Because um, I can be very militant. Um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm very, very black and white, very, this is what you do, I'm telling you it works. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. And that just evolves, I think, as we get older and just in life, you know, you evolve and you get to do things. Um, 
I think I'm just a lot softer in it in that way. I don't take my suggestions too hard as much if you don't listen to them. Um, even though I might think, well, if you had done it my way, it would have worked. I'm human. <laughs> I am human. Um, that hasn't gone away. So I, I just think, again, it just evolves in time. You know, you want to do everything so right in the beginning. It's like, yes, come here, let me help you. I know the way to do it. Just look. But then it's kind of, you know, you cheerlead further back in the world. So that's just, and then, you know, again, I listen to other people in the room and think, oh, maybe I could do it that way. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think slightly. I don't have to um, be the one to fix everything, to organize everything, to be the first one in the room to do it as much, because I think I used to compensate that way. Um, if you tell me you don't really need to bring anything, I'm quite happy not to. You know, I don't have to pay for your whole thing for you. I don't have to bring you the biggest gift. Doesn't have to have the biggest goal on it. Definitely less is more. But again, that's what I've learned through here. Um, we're still very social, yeah. I like people. <laughs> so, but yeah, just, you know, the temperature's gone down. I don't have to try and fit in anymore. I'm okay just to sit there and have nothing to say anymore and just enjoy what's going on. Oh, um, I'm doing a, a focus uh, workshop, and um, I'm a little stuck in it. When I when my thoughts and I decided that I would do this workshop on a topic, um, I was all gung ho, and now I'm turning it over on the on June 22nd, and I'm a little stuck in remembering why we started this um, four step. Do you, how do you get yourself um, to remember all the things that you need to put in a four-step. Uh, do you use lists or people that have harmed you? Or <laughs> yeah, I've done the column. I do it that way. Um, but for me, you know, if I'm given something to do again, this is just me, I do it right away. I don't drag it out for two weeks. And my coach having this big issue at one point with my legs and my knees and my should I have I have to let go and I have to write this whole thing on how my legs should have assisted me in my life. Mm-hmm. Huge. It was really huge. I never complained again, but I did it right away. I didn't wait. So some of it can be, when well, we procrastinate, the pain of the scene was great. Oh, it wasn't that bad. He wasn't that awful. I'll go out again. So I, I find, for me, because what you're saying, I find if I go forth and attack right away, then the memory is still right there. So just go home and do it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like homework. You go give it in the next day. <laughs> Long deadlines. They do. Mm-hmm. People like how you forget. Mm-hmm. I need mean, the deadline of 24 hours. Otherwise, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. I think so. <laughs>